Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey y'all, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I am so excited to be continuing our conversation today about decluttering, tidying up, and making our homes really a place that we love to be, that really hold us and our families. I'm really excited to have Sarah Nelson on the show. She's a Reiki practitioner and a certified feng shui expert. And she has so many great ideas and she really breaks down what feng shui is and how we can easily make our homes really hold us. So I'm so excited to get into our conversation today. But before I do that, I get the question a lot of how I how I do so much. And I don't think it's quite how I do so much because a lot of people do so much. It's more like, how do I do so much and stay relaxed? And I can promise you guys that some days I don't feel like I do anything. And some days I don't feel so relaxed. You can ask my kids and my husband. But in general, I have collected quite a little toolbox that does help me get what I want done and do so in an easy and relaxed manner. And that's been really important to me, mostly because it didn't come 100% naturally. So that is how this flow process came about. And I'm just reflecting on this today as I'm thinking about everyone listening to this and thinking of all the things they need to do to declutter their house, um, which does make people start asking me this question more. So I've just come off a weekend with the women who are in Flow 365, which is our year-long program of going through the flow process. And we're on the third cycle, so the third 90-day cycle. And we always kick off each 90-day cycle with a virtual online retreat for three days for a weekend. And it's not all day, every day. People are going off and going to yoga and doing their planning. But we meet up and we check in. And the idea behind this time is really to define what your next season is going to look like, what you really want to get done. And then what are the things that you need to do to really get that done and to feel the way that you're defining that you want to feel. And this has really been my trick. This is my trick to getting a lot done and doing so with ease. Because the thing is, is the things I'm getting done are really the things that I want to do or I've decided I want to do. So don't get me wrong, driving kids in a thousand directions isn't always the exact thing I want to do in a moment, but it all does map back to what I ultimately want to give my kids. So I always try to think of it that way. And I really try to place in other things too that I specifically want to do for myself as I'm going through life. So all this becomes part of the flow process. And if this idea of a retreat or having accountability around getting done and doing what you want to do and figuring out how to do all that with more ease sounds exciting to you or what you need to do next, 
feel free to email us. Email me at plansimplemeals.com and I will get you on the wait list. It's gonna, there's going to be an application process opening up next month. Um, I can only take a certain amount of people to work with me for the year, but the next cohort is about to open and I'm really excited to see who shows up for that. So that's Flow 365. But what we're doing in Flow 365 is we're going, we're using the Flow Planner to create our goals. We're just doing it together and making sure that there's no questions and we're putting the right things in and it's just a little bit more accountability. But anybody can use the Flow Planner. So make sure to go to plansimple.com and find your Flow Planner if you feel like you can just show up and you want to start today and you can do this yourself. Like go get your Flow Planner and start really defining what you want in your life. And I promise just by doing that alone, you will feel like you can get more done. And the planning process itself helps with that ease part. So as you're thinking about feng shuiing your house, I don't know if that's a verb, that might be a good tool for you. Okay. More on the podcast. So we're serving up these podcasts every week. They're a little bit more um, topic-based than they used to be. I'm experimenting with that in 2019. Thus, we're focused on the home and decluttering for these three weeks. We have one more coming up in this series and then a guide that will help you get through doing this for yourself. And so come join the conversation. I'm trying to make that happen over on Instagram. You'll see pictures that relate back to these posts um, or any tips that I'm serving up that week that have to do with these. And so just come leave your comments. Or if you have pictures because you're decluttering your bedroom or making it fit more into feng shui, does that, I don't know if that's how you say it, then tag us in your photos so that we can see. I love that kind of conversation. If you're like me, I have no idea what you're talking about with DMs and Instagram. Just send us an email. I would love to know what you're up to. I would love to understand what's resonating, what you want to hear um, on this podcast as we move forward. Okay. So the other thing about the podcast is I am constantly, it's a lot of work to put on this podcast. And one of the bits of work that I do is I try to figure out what it is that you guys want to hear, which thank you for all the feedback you ever give me. And then I try to go find those experts who can really serve up what it is that we all want to learn about. And this is a great one today. But what happens is I start getting asked lots of questions and people want to make sure that lots of people are listening to the podcast and they want to know those numbers. So do me a favor. Let's help make those numbers go even higher for the people who really care about numbers who we might want to have on this podcast someday. So if you've not subscribed, go subscribe. If, go subscribe. If you've already subscribed and you haven't rated and reviewed, maybe go leave your review or just tell a friend. Tell a friend about the podcast if you think they'd like it. Pretty much I think any really busy mom, especially one who balances work, motherhood, and wanting to sort of stay healthy and well along the way would love what we have to serve up. So if you can think of anyone like that, just shoot them an email and share this episode after you've heard it or an episode that you've heard in the past. I'm so grateful that this podcast has been able to grow so organically. I love when people share it. So thank you in advance. And that is the way that we get these amazing interviews um, to happen. Okay. So this episode, this episode is brought to us by the grid. I'm super excited to tell you guys about the grid. So Vanessa Gobes, who's been on this podcast before created this thing called the grid. And basically what she has done is she has curated a group of master teachers 
in the fields of mindfulness, communication, food as medicine, feng shui, spiritual ascension, astrology, Buddhism, Christianity, shamanism, marconic, psychotherapy, creative arts, Reiki, and yoga, just to name a few. And each week on the grid, this thing that she's created, you are literally greeted by one of these mass by a master teacher for a week. And every day at 6:30 a.m., that master teacher, there's a different one each week, delivers you a live interactive broadcast that helps you develop or deepen a specific mental health or spiritual practice. So from those um, different fields that I mentioned above. So most of the broadcasts will feature a meditation. The whole idea is that you're really grounding yourself at 6.30 a.m. And I have to say that making me time and that moment from 6 to 7 has been hugely transformational in my own life. Really transformational. So I highly recommend. I love that she's doing it at 6.30. Of course, if you're not available at 6.30, um, these teachings are all delivered via Facebook. So you can go back in and listen at any point. You, you, there's no getting behind. And basically for a month, which would include four teachers because there's one teacher a week, you it's only 20 bucks. So for 20 bucks, you get to be taught something new every morning and work with these amazing teachers. And one of the things I love most about this is she's curated this group of teachers largely from the New England Northeast area, which is kind of not usual in this field. So that makes it really fun. Um, so if you're in the you know, the East, East Coast time zone and 630 resonates with you, definitely go check out The Grid. You can do that at thegrid.earth. And I am a teacher I, coming up in a couple weeks. And guess what? So is our guest today, Sarah. She has a week as well. So it should be super fun. If you like either of our teachings, it might be worth the sign up, but go check it out. Vanessa has definitely created this amazing thing. Um, and I can't wait to see who I see inside. All right, let's move into our interview. Sarah is coming to us from Maine, where she lives with her family. She loves the beach, her garden, and at this time of year, hibernating in the winter. It's pretty cold in Maine. And her whole focus is really helping us to rediscover our space and how the attention to self can bring us into a calm and happy place. And with no further ado, let's get Sarah on the podcast. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the Plan Simple podcast. I'm so super excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here, Mia. It's good to see you. Yes. So we are going to talk feng shui. Did I say that right? Feng shui. Yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> and um, before we dive into this topic, which is actually fascinating with, to me because I just, I love learning new modalities. Um, always. And it's fun to like figure out what parts you already live with. Let's go back a little bit uh, just to how you got into all this. So tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you moved into this profession. Sure. So, um, I had some health issues where I was having numbness on, um, parts of my body and I was seeing doctors and going through all the diagnosis phases, MRIs and all of that. And they couldn't find anything. And, um, they attributed all of my numbness to stress. And so I, my and mom, at this time you probably had littler kids yep, and you were so, working very yes, full time. So I right? had, they were grade school ish at the time. Mm -hmm. So this is many years ago, 10 plus years ago. 
And I was working in corporate world, full-time job, traveling a lot, um, meeting with clients. And we had just moved to Maine from Boston. And I was working out of my house. So I was, I was super chill. And the doctors kept saying it was stress. But I, at the time, like I was loving my job, even though it was crazy. Um, we were just in a really good place. But I didn't know what to do. And the doctors were like, go home, chill out relax and that just didn't seem like a good answer so my mom introduced me to reiki and i started going to have reiki done and then i learned reiki and i now have a reiki practice in falmouth maine and um and also teach reiki and then reiki helped me with the symptoms that numbness and managing those and so then I started down the road of, um, I love interior decorating, I love DIY projects, and I, um, I had told Mia earlier on, like, I was always the one that was like, hey, Chris, let's move the couch this weekend. Let's, <laughs> let's rearrange the whole entire house. And he just, you know, okay, whatever you need, babe. And so I started to study energy the more I was getting into Reiki. And that led me to feng shui. And I... Because when you moved the couch, were you sensing that something like Yeah, you could changing? feel like a different energy. In okay. And I, like when I think about when I would do it, it would typically be seasonally. So mm. it would be after I put the Christmas decorations away, I'd be like, oh, let's clean up and rearrange. Mm. and springtime would come and I'd be like oh let's do this let's you know and and you know there are only so many places our couch could go in our home yeah. so then I was doing other things um but and, yeah I could, and seasonally oh, is related to how feng shui works right absolutely yeah so feng shui is really um the energy of your space and the energy that you take up in your space as well because we're all energetic beings and everything has energy and so our homes serve as a subconscious reminder of who we are and what we're striving for, goals, our aspirations, um, and even our past stories. So our home sits here and we inhabit it and we show up stressed after work and then we've got piles of stuff laying around and that stresses us out and so there's there's this energy that settles in your home and um by moving things around um and clearing your space and then honoring your space by marrying it with elements which we'll get into um in a moment you create a home that becomes a sanctuary that nurtures you and holds you in all of your life. So in the good times and the bad, because, you know, like all of these energy modalities, it's not like they just get rid, like, it's not like you're going to face tough times, right? We're human and life is happening around us. Um, but when you can sit in your space and feel nurtured and, and held, it, it can be quite moving and quite healing. I love that. Okay. So it's like step one is just understanding how your space affects you, which I feel like anyone can experience with the idea of like you clean up the mail or you clean off a desk and like that just feeling of feeling even slightly more creative after that happens, right? Like we put it off and we put it off. But whenever I do that, I'm like, oh my God, I feel yeah. so much different. 
even the junk drawer that's, you know, in your kitchen. Yeah. And you just find the pens that don't work and you're like, yes. Yeah. All right. So, so, so it's sort of knowing it, admitting that the, that your space, you know, has an energy and that doesn't even, that doesn't even have to be so woo. It's just, it just is what it is. Okay. And then, and then there's this aspect of cleaning out your space which sounds yeah. like it comes first because you sort of have to clean it out to be able to make the space what it wants to be. And then there's this element of then with your cleaned out space, making it feng shui. Is that right? <laughs> or like that's, making that's it. Absolutely the, okay. Right. Yeah. And the cleaning out and the feng shui can happen in tandem. Okay. Because the reality is, is that we are not going to 100% declutter our home in a day, a weekend, a month. Uh, you know, I've got two kids and they're off doing their things. And, you know, Chris and I don't always want to declutter. Right. So, so even me, like I still have a pile that I need to address here and there. And so it, it really happens in tandem. And then feng shui, just noticing elements in your space and how to um, support each area of your home um, becomes a lifestyle, even when there is a pile of mail. Does that uh, make sense? Yes, totally. Yeah. So, well, I, I feel like I learned this lesson myself um, in watching my mother-in-law, because I'm because as a designer, I'm very drawn to sort of clean, minimalist spaces, right? Like right. I've always had that draw. And that's always been sort of like my wish. We don't 100% live in that kind of space, but you know, we're getting there. Yeah. Um, and, but what's interesting to me is the most calming home I walk into is my mother-in-law's mm -hmm. and it's small, you know, it's not, you know, there's nothing that great architectural about it. She has a lot of old stuff in it, which I wouldn't attribute with wanting in it, but she just has this personality where everything has a place. Do you know what exactly. I mean? Like everything goes where it goes. She has tons of plants. Um, you know, she has an art space and it's been really inspiring to watch because it's really relaxing to be in that space, which is just hers and where everything works, you know? Yes. And so I've learned from her that it's less about sort of how it, you know, if you have this whole house that looks perfect, but nothing really works or you're not sure where things go or you're it doesn't vibe with you. It's so different. It's, a different it's so feeling. different. And, and you had, you, you made a really good point. Like feng shui does not equal minimalism. Yeah. And I think people equate that and, and it, they, they like fear rises up in them that they have to get rid of everything. And, you know, and maybe they have their great grandmother's symbol collection. I'm not going to step into your home and be like, that's got to go. Yeah. What we'll do is we'll find a place in your house. Um, and most likely it'll be in what's called the helpful people in travel area or the family and community area so that your grandmother and her symbol collection is actually supporting that area of your home and it raises the vibration of helpful people in travel or family and community, depending on where it is. So. All right. So my instinct is just to say, like, tell us, like, I know you teach about this all the time. So it's like, I, I don't know. want to ask questions. Yeah. So yes. tell us where to start. Like, what do we, what do we do? What, where, where's a good place for everyone listening to start so that they can feel this good energy in their yeah. home? Yep. So the first place is, you know, you had mentioned it earlier, decluttering. Um, and, and it really does and can happen in tandem with 
adding in feng shui to your house. So, and, and this applies to your office as well, even if you're working, you know, in an office outside of your home. But it's really understanding what you have in your space and what it means to you. And, you know, I know you have talked about KonMari, mm-hmm. that method before. Um, and I know you've studied that as well. And I have two. And, and I've read really, a book and tried it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an expert. So it, it's, you know, her book is funny because it's, it feels so strict, but then she's got this, this show on Netflix right now. And, and it's, she's, she comes across as much more gentle yes. um, the show, which I loved. Um, but it's really just about understanding what you own. What do mm-hmm. you own? And do you love it? And does it mean something to you? And are you using it? Mm-hmm. You really, really don't need five spatulas in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. You just don't. And those five spatulas take up energy. They take up space because now you're going in to get the spatula and you're like rummaging. Right. And, you, and more than likely, you pick up the same spatula every time. Right. When you're cooking. Right. So that can apply to your shoe collection or, you know, in my case, my jewelry collection. You know, yep. like, I love it and there's a lot of it, but I have to keep it organized so that I know what I have. Um, So really clearing and organization are key. And when I'd say that, I don't mean going to Target and buying a lot of bins and baskets and organizing your stuff. So that's part of it. That's like second step. First step is going through your stuff and getting rid of things. Yep. Okay. And then you can go, and organize it. But feng shui is not about going to home goods and spending money on a Buddha because <laughs> you think that that equals feng shui. That's, that is not how I approach my business at all. It's really about using what you have and understanding, like I said, what it means to you. Okay. So for someone who's like, yeah, sounds great. Like Mia read the Comrie books. You know, we just had somebody speaking about min- more about minimalism and decluttering. Like that's all sounds great. I've heard it all, but like now I actually have to do it. What, like, wh- what do you say to that person? Like, how can we bring this? I feel like Feng Shui is so calming. So how can we do this thing that feels so hard and yeah. make it happen? Start with one room. Okay. One room and see how that feels. Just see how it feels, live with it for a month or two or six or, you know, whenever you get around to your next room, maybe it's a year, who knows. But when you start with one room and really impact that space, it can be life shifting. And I would say, start with your bedroom. Mm. And um, I'll give you some real quick basics on feng shui, and then we'll actually talk about the bedroom so that okay. there's some action items that everybody can take away. Awesome. Um, so I'll back up to like the technical side of feng shui. So feng shui is based on what's called a bagua map and that bagua map represents the energy of your space. And if you pop on to Pinterest and um, search bagua, B-A-G-U-A map, two different pictures will come up. There'll be a rectangle slash square picture of um, nine blocks, different colors, or there'll be like an octagon one. So the one I use is the square slash rectangle one, and it's a more Western form of feng shui called BTB feng shui. And there are nine um, guas, G-U- 
AS that represent, that, that are areas in your house that represent your life. Um, and so those guas are career and life purpose is one, helpful people in travel, um, love and relationships, health and wellness, abundance and um, wealth, children and creativity, fame and reputation, family and community, and wisdom and knowledge. And awesome. so the way, so each of those areas in your home relate to one of those guas. And um, you, you technically, like as if you're looking from Google Maps, you're looking down at the roof of your house and you overlay that Bagua map on top of your house. So if you're standing at your front door, your, and this is your front front door, not the mudroom door that you use, especially mm -hmm. in New England, um, this is your front front door, your back left, I have to think of my directions, your back left room area of your home is wealth and abundance. Your That's back my room. pantry. <laughs> yeah. So keeping it clean. Yeah. Right. Um, and organize and your back right of your home is love and relationships. All right. So then all those guas touch a section of your home. Okay. Can I ask you a question? Because there's yeah. a lot of guilt out there online when you like Google this. First of all, I'm going to commit to finding a good image and putting it in the show notes. So I can send you one. Okay. So that yeah. will be in the show notes for everyone listening. That'd but the great. second thing is, is that like my house is not really a square. So yeah. the, that wealth and abundance part where I said my pantry is sort of sticks out and then there's two rooms to the right, but there's like a missing section. So does that mean I'm missing those two things to the, you know, the two other corners in the back? Are so, and yes, it does. Oh no. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But there are remedies for that. So, okay. so this is where, like, as I was studying feng shui and I decided to focus on this more Western BTB feng shui was because there are other schools of feng shui that um, get really complicated and that you're having to, like, add things and statues and coins every year based on flying stars. And that was just way too much for me to manage. Okay. So this, the West, more Western feng shui, um, for me, felt like it was really about living in your house and using your home the way you want to. And so when there's a missing corner, it's not the end of the world. There are remedies for that. Awesome. Yes. I will so, ask you mine at some point because I believe yes. the parts I'm missing are like relationship and abundance or something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and it's super common to yeah. have a missing corner. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So good. So, so yeah, so you are spot on. Like when you look down at your house from like a Google maps and you can actually like go on Google maps and put your address in and look at the, the view from above and then overlay the, um, that map and you'll know right away, like where things are and what's missing. Cool. So that is the like really basic beginnings of feng shui. So there's a Bagua map and then there are the guas. Okay. Then we layer in the elements, which is how we manage each section in our home. So each gua, so like love and relationships gua, has a primary element, a secondary element, and what would be considered a destructive element. So in my work, 
like I look at it as really trying to find a balance between all elements in a room. So if you were to go through my house, you would notice that I've got like a touch of red or orange in every single room. Even if the fire element, which would be represented by the color red or orange, isn't a good, um, isn't the supportive element for that area. Okay, so can you, we just give, um, so so let's just take my home because I'm the yes, one doing this really, podcast. So I just alluded to my pantry, which is actually, I've been going through this process of, you know, cleaning out now for two weeks. It's amazing for anyone listening. My bedroom yeah. is like top notch right now, which is so yeah. exciting. But um, my pantry is where, you know, my kitchen is actually the, the, the what's the left back corner? It's wealth and abundance, right? Wealth and abundance, yeah. yes. Okay. So tell me, can you tell us what the three elements are for wealth and abundance, just so I can like problem solve my kitchen? Yes. So okay. the main element for wealth and abundance is wood. Okay. The supportive element for wealth and abundance is water. So pretty logical, water feeds wood. Yep. Right? The destructive element in that area is metal. Think of a saw cutting wood. Okay. Okay, so the less metal you have in that area, the better. Plants would be great in that area. Um, water elements, so we'll go back. So wood elements would include column-like. My cabinets are wood. Huh? My cabinets are wood. Perfect. Our table is wood. There's so much wood. It's so exciting. So, right? So that your um, wealth and abundance area is probably in good alignment for feng shui because there's so much wood. Although interestingly, it's like both stories, right? So it's like it goes upward. So above us is the bathroom, which probably has no wood, right? In the bathroom. So that's that's interesting. It's just very different. Two different rooms in the same quadrant. Exactly. And, And bathrooms are tricky. You know, bathrooms are really important obviously for elimination, but we also don't want our wealth and abundance going down the toilet. Mm. right so a couple bathroom tricks keeping the toilet closed and you know in that so bathrooms carry a heavy heavy water element and you can imagine why because there's a toilet and a sink and typically a shower or bathtub or both Mm -hmm. um so that's a heavy water element which is supportive of this area of our bagua map wealth and abundance wood is the main element, water supports wood for growth, and then metal cuts wood, which is destructive. So what color is your bathroom? Um, My bathroom is green and the kitchen is more grayish green. Okay, so green would be a wood element, which is great, growth, plants. Um, But, and like the mirror in your bathroom would represent water. So that brings in the water element. So what, you know, without seeing it, I can just be very generic in my suggestions, but um, really taking a look, do you have granite countertops in your kitchen? No, white, white, Corian, plastic. Okay, so white would be a metal element. Oh, okay. So, so adding, if you have an island or an area of your counter that you could add like a wooden bowl. Hmm, okay. That would be great or some a wooden tray or something like that that helps manage the white metal element of your countertops. Cool. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's awesome. And then in terms of like the clean out part of it, like without the elements, 
that that's the other supporting part, right? Cause like, yeah. yeah. Right. So, so all your stuff holds energy. And when that, when you have a drawer that you're not using, that stagnates hmm. and that causes stuck energy to collect. Um, spider webs in your corners are a really big indication that there's stagnant energy. And that can even happen in a kitchen where you are all the time. Yeah. Um, and so really focusing on clearing the energy. And so in that case, like you can smudge. I, um, I've worked with an herbalist to create a smudge spray that I use when I clear homes. Um, because not, I'm not always stepping into feng shui. Sometimes I'm just going to clear the energy of a space. Um, a lot of times that's when, um, people sell or buy a new home, mm. um, or they are feeling a little unsettled for whatever reason. So like using a smudge spray, but really when it comes to feng shui, the best place to start is eliminating items so that there's a flow of energy in the drawers, on top of the countertops, like not having a ton of stuff. And Okay. And I totally, that was such a side thing because you were going to go into like what we need to do in our bedroom. So yeah, like, no, all, good. all good. All right. So we got through the map. We got through that, that there's elements that go with each sec nine sections in that yeah. grid. And then yeah. now we can go back to wherever you were going. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, real quick, the elements are wood, water, fire, metal, and earth. This episode is brought to you by The Grid. The Grid is this amazing platform where you get to log on at 6.30 a.m. every morning and either follow a meditation or learn something that's going to help you feel like you have just meditated. It's all geared on mental health and just making us feel calmer and better in our bodies, in our homes, in our spaces as a parent. It's quite amazing. So far in the last three weeks, I have committed to meditating when that is what the teacher is doing. I've had meditations that I'm used to of being guided through a situation or being in quiet, but I've also learned to chant and seen the power in that. I've learned something that I didn't know about tarot cards and oracle cards. I heard a little bit about the pendulum, which is a tool that a lot of people trying to improve their eating could use. And it has really started my morning off with, I don't know, just feeling so great and whole and connected to myself. So I just wanted to unpack quickly why, and then we're going to return to our talk with Sarah. So two things, 6.30 in the morning, there's something magical about taking care of ourselves before we have to take care of our kids, our spouse, our house, our dog, our work, all these things that we do all day long. If we can tune into ourselves and really center ourselves in our bodies and in our space first thing in the morning, it sets us up for a whole different kind of day. So that is one reason why I'm in love. The second reason I'm in love is I love meditation. I've been meditating for some time now, and if I don't meditate, I really notice the difference. And I've shared quite frequently here the app that I use, Insight Timer. I have like no connection to them, but I use that app on a pretty regular basis, and I love it. 
and it's also distant. It's me with my phone, and I usually pick the one that I need right then, but there is something magical with this grid about the live component. I cannot hop in my car at 6 a.m. and go to a class. That's just not possible. I have about 20 minutes, and then I really need to be getting the kids up and making breakfast and packing lunches. And there's something magical about this live component and really feeling like there's someone there with you, even if it's through this virtual land and other people who are committed to this time together. So for those two reasons, I highly recommend going and checking it out, thegrid.earth. And when you are asked how you got referred, you can just type in either Plan Simple or Mia and they will know who sent you. All right, let's get back to our episode. Oh, okay. So you'll see like when, um, and I can send you a couple documents that you can add to the show notes too, um, that those are the the primary elements that um, are important in feng shui. And there's different things like plants that map with wood and like, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So colors, shapes, um, surfaces, like textures, um, a leather couch, because it's animal, would carry the fire element. Your Mm. dog, your cat, your hamster carries the fire element. Oh, cool. um, Pets bring in fire. Um, And so a leather couch carries the fire element. And so if you have a leather couch in your abundance and wealth corner, how is that balancing out with the water element, the wood element? And like I said earlier, like, I think we all need a little fire in our belly, which is why I always have touches of fire in every room, Mm. you know, to zhuzh it up. And then things as simple as lighting a candle brings in the fire element. Hmm. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I would encourage everyone to start with one room and you might intuitively know what room you would like to start with, but I always like starting with, um, the parents, couples bedroom. Okay. I love that. That's self-care, which we teach, talk a lot about here. Exactly. Exactly. I think as moms, we always go to like the playroom or like where the kids are and like, I like that we're encouraging not that. Right. Yeah. And, and in fact, like in my practice, I don't, I will notice where a kid's room lies on the Bagua map when I'm, I'm drawing things out and, and making recommendations, but I do not feng shui a kid's room. And so when I show up and, the, and mom and dad are like, can you get Susie to clean up? I'm like, no, <laughs> I can't. You know, because kids, even, you know, my 18 year old who's off to school now, but, um, even when he was here at home, like he's got to develop his own being and his own space and his own personality and understand his own personality. So when you start cleaning up the common areas, eventually that will impact your kids. Yes, I totally and agree. So it really is like the decluttering and the feng shuiing and all of that is really about modeling that behavior and making it part of your lifestyle without even having to articulate it. It just sort of happens naturally. Okay. And you're going to go into the bedroom in one second, but I have one more auxiliary question because yeah, yeah. you mentioned your son. So like he's in a dorm room. If you're doing your office, technically you probably have a room. So do you just put that grid over a room then if it's just that space? Exactly. And so you will line up the, um, and on the map, it'll say front door. Um, you'll line up that uh, entry door, 
side with your door to your office or, okay. or Ben's door to his dorm room. Okay. So it's not like if your office is in a building, it's not like it resides in the abundance area or whatever. It's like you can just feng shui a room. Yes, you can. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But it is good to take note about where that lies overall in that building. So like okay. when I'm working with somebody who has an apartment, mm -hmm. um, we look at where their apartment lies in the entire building mm -hmm. and then we shrink that map down so that when we enter their space, so someone might like be in helpful people and travel. And so we'll, we'll make sure we're incorporating some of the metal element because that's a primary element for that area. But then when we step into their space, we'll also look at it as that's a whole layer. Got it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So now keep going with the bedroom because I keep yeah. sides. So, I keep and that's why like the bedroom is a good way to understand sort of the layers of feng shui because um, there are certain things that you want in a bedroom despite where it falls on your Bagua map. Okay. And that's what we're going to talk about. Awesome. So at this point you can sort of let go. You can definitely notice where it falls on the map um, and still impact your space. But there are a couple things that are really, really important in your bedroom. So um, I can walk into a bedroom and I can tell who in the relationship um, is more powerful, we'll say. Mm. And that is typically based on nightstands. And so understanding that you are trying to create equal partnership in your relationship um, and a place of peace is really, really important in your I'm bedroom. trying not to burst out laughing because I'm the only one with a nightstand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can think about how that impacts your relationship, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes you might, people are, sometimes people are like, oh, no, no, that can't be. And then they start to think, they're like, oh, wait, I manage all the money mm. or I do all the cooking or I do all of this. And you end up being able to see sort of where the um, the power lies. So you should have two nightstands. Is that the lesson of that? Two nightstands. Okay. They don't have to be identical. Um, I'm not a matchy matchy person, but a lot of people are. So they can be identical, but they really should be the same size and um, basically stature. They should feel equal when you cool. look at them. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, and then everything on top of your nightstand, you should have roughly the same lamp. If you have a lamp, um, if you look at our nightstands, I've got the alarm clock. And so Chris on his side has a couple of little tchotchke boxes um, that really make when you stand at the end of our bed and look at our nightstands, two different stands, two different tables, um, but they look balanced. Okay. All right. Um, so creating an equal, equal, equalness, I guess, in your bedroom is important. And so that goes down to numbers as well. So same, even number pillows, um, you know, designers, interior designers are all about odds, <laughs> right? Our eye can be drawn to that. Um, but in the bedroom, get that one extra throw pillow off your bed. Okay. Okay. Cool. So um, just have your, you know, two, four sleeping pillows, and then maybe two more decorative pillows if you'd like. So 
then look at what's on those pillows and make sure there is not like, I, I had a pillow when I was actually in the class, in the feng shui class in Tennessee, I called my husband. I was like, you have to get that bird pillow off our bed. And there was one single pillow with one single bird on it. And he was like, all right. I'm like, get it out of there before I come home. I don't want to mm. see it. So look at what is actually on your pillow. Is it two birds or two butterflies? And if it's not, use that pillow elsewhere in your house. Mm. Okay. So we want even numbers. We want to always be taking in partnership in our bedroom. So if you have one candle, add another candle, roughly the same size. All right. And this isn't only on the bedside table. This is wherever. No, this is like decorative world. Okay. Um, the next, the next two things are really, really difficult for people. So no kid pictures in your bedroom, no family pictures. The only pictures that should be in there are of you and your partner. Hmm. This is really, really hard because we love our kids, right? And we love waking up and seeing their sweet faces and, you know, the vacation picture. But this really is not the place. This is, this room is all about you and your partner. And if you're single, it's all about making room for your partner. So even if you're single and you're calling in love and you're looking for a partner, having two nightstands is important. Having a little extra room in your closet as if someone could just move in is important. So still creating partnership within your bedroom to call in love when you're single is important. Awesome. Okay. So then the next one that is really hard are mirrors. Okay. So mirrors um, are really great feng shui cures and they, they amp up the energy of a space big time. But what we're trying to create in a bedroom is a space of sanctuary, peace. You know, if you walked into a spa and you know how your like shoulders just sort of like melt down and you breathe in and you just feel like at peace immediately when you walk into a beautiful space or spa, um, that's what we're trying to create when you step into your bedroom at the end of the day or when you wake up in the morning. Um, so... Mirrors exasperate energy and in feng shui they're in the bedroom said to bring in a third party. Now that doesn't necessarily mean an affair. That can mean stress from work, from kids, from family. So um, eliminating mirrors in your bedroom is really important. Um, we, to remedy the whole like, what do I look like before I leave? we have a mirror in our hallway. So a long hallway that goes straight down to our bedroom, we have a one of those floor length mirrors on the wall and that functions for two ways. So that allows us to see what we look like before we leave, right? So the actual function of a mirror, but it also creates a stopping point in a very long hallway so that energy isn't like rushing into our bedroom. Hmm. So there are ways to manage no mirrors in your bedroom. You, you can also, if you have a door in your closet, you can put it on the inside of your door. So it can be in a closet. You just don't want to lay in your bed and look at mirrors. Okay. Cool. So. I'm not done yet with my bedroom, apparently. No. <laughs> I got a whole checklist like, now. Really? I have to do this? Yeah. It's yeah. funny. We have like the family mirror in our bedroom, like the one everybody comes in to look at. Right. 
Yeah. All right. So you have a place in the hallway or on the back of the bathroom door or something, yeah. or even on, you know, if you're, if, um, it reflects something, you know, well, mine reflects a wall. Um, but if it, if it reflects something nice, you could always hang it on the outside of your bathroom so mm -hmm. that while somebody's in the bathroom, people can still use the mirror. Yeah. So there, um, people always feel like there's no other place to hang their mirror, but trust me. Okay. I'm going to look, we're going to, this is going to be a detective thing this weekend. We're going to find yes. a new place for the mirror. Yes. All right, keep going. Yeah. Okay. So then, um, the last thing about the bedroom is the placement of the bed and the, this mirrors and the placement of the bed are usually the first questions people ask me, um, you know, what do I do? So you want to be laying in your bed and be able to see your doorway. So doorways and windows are um, the eyes and the mouths of opportunity for our space. And mm -hmm. so we always want to see what's coming at us um, and in all a good way. So, you know, not in a scary way, but in a good way, we want to see what opportunities are flowing. And so being able to lay in your bed and see your doorway is really important. Now, the reality of that is that's not always easy given the shape of a room, right? Um, so really- Can you see it from the side? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and, and like I said, sometimes there's just no way that that bed's gonna fit on that wall, right? Where you It can... just shouldn't be that, the, that your back is to it maybe, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yep, you don't wanna have to sit up in bed and like turn around. Got it to see your door. So that's the last thing um, I would say in, um, in your bedroom. So really think about creating a sanctuary that is all about partnership, whether you're with a partner or not. It still needs to be all about partnership if you're trying to call in love. I love it. So, and so, and we didn't go in, so closets is equal as possible, drawers is equal as possible. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, and, and closets are hard. I mean, I have more clothes than my husband. Mm. So that's just our reality, but it's behind a closed door and, you know. Yeah. It's funny. I, mean, I just, I guess we have equal space because we redid our closet, but eh, I yeah, still we have, have equal space, but more clothes, you know, but, um, but it's really about what you're taking in when you wake up in the morning and when you go to sleep. Got it. Again, all our surroundings are subconscious reminders of what's happening in our lives. Um, and even things like artwork, like really look at the art in your room and make sure that you love it and that it doesn't, you know, like word art is really popular right now. Um, make sure it says something that is meaningful and positive. All right. All right. So I'm going to share it. I'm so excited. I'm going to share it on Instagram, but I, my husband, so I'm a designer, like I'm a big yes. photographer designer, right? So I'm always making things out of sight, but for our, I wonder what year it was. It must've been like our, there's some year where paper is your anniversary like thing, you know, how like must've yeah. been like 15 or 14 or something. And he made me a poster of like in type of, you know, how long we'd been married and like had oh. three kids and where we traveled and it was all these words. And it looks like sort of like the side of a Lululemon bag. 
And everyone who comes in is always like, gosh, you made that. And I was like, no, he did. I don't know how, but it's in our room. I just put it there. And it's funny. I put it in there and we can see it from bed and it has totally shifted. I'm now that I'm thinking of it, I'm like, wow, that's like really shifted my mood. And I I see it all the time. Yeah. I love it. Got to take a picture. that Mia is the art of feng shui. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And it can really be as simple as that. It and really the, the other thing is that like, I'm noticing that from our bed, like we, we do, we have two doors in our room because one goes to the hallway and one goes out to a porch. So we do look yeah. at the door that goes to the porch and we look out the windows, but oh. we have this sofa in front of our, like that's in our room and next to it as the table is the file cabinet which keeps all of like our records and documents and like finance stuff. And for whatever reason, now that you're saying this, I'm like, that's the thing we're trying to work on as a couple and, you know, really get on top of finances. And, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, put my big girl pants on and all that stuff. And I see that. I notice that thing all the time and it's stressful. (laughs) I've got to get it out of the bedroom. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Get it out. Get it out. Oh my God. I love it. All right. Cool. Well, thank you. You're welcome. All right. So tell people how they can get a hold of you. Yes. So um, my website is thedreamydragonfly.com. And Love it. I'll, I'll make sure you have the link for your show notes. Um, I, like I said, I have a Reiki practice, a Reiki studio in Falmouth, Maine, but I teach classes in feng shui um, for all the DIYers out there that want to attempt this themselves. Um, And then I also show up in people's homes, either physically, like I go to your home and we spend a few hours together. Um, And then I have a whole process around what a consult looks like. And um, I also do it virtually. So we can get on um, FaceTime or Skype or Zoom and you basically walk me around your house and we talk about all those areas in your home and we bring feng shui in. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of always have wanted a Buddha. Where would yeah, I put yeah. him? Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so I was like, I've always kind of wanted that. Where would he go? He he would go on a he could go in a couple places. So imagine yourself standing at your front door and thinking about the um, area of your home that is in the front left corner. So if you walked in your front door, your main front door, and took a sharp left and walked all the way to the wall, where would you be? Well, you sort of come in the left corner, but- Okay, so what room do you come in? So it's just like you come into like a little thing that is the front, like, you know, where the closet is and whatever, and then you come into a hallway, but the wall sort of runs alongside that and you go upstairs. Okay. The door is on the left, and then the whole rest of the house is off to the right. Yep, and so what's behind the stairs? The kitchen. Okay, so you could put, um, you could tuck a Buddha in your entryway. So mm-hmm. that area is wisdom and knowledge, mm-hmm. right? So you could tuck one right in like a corner in that little entryway, which would be really cool. Um, wisdom and knowledge is uh, like the best place to store your books. Oh, that's the other thing. You got to get the books out of your bedroom. Mm, right. I was going to ask you that. Reading, that's so weird. Other than the ones you're reading on your nightstand, that's fine. But like your bookshelves, this was a big project I had to undergo. Um, I had all our books in our bedroom and um, 
we moved them into the living room, which happens to be wisdom and knowledge. So, you know, in your case, you're not going to put bookshelves in your entryway. But, um, but yeah, that would be a great place for your Buddha. The other place would be, so the opposite corner of where we're standing at your, in your entryway. So what's on the far right? It's sort of like a, an art space, an art room. Okay. So you could use that. Um, that's travel and helpful people. So mm. Buddha being helpful and supportive. Um, that would like be a that. place. That'd be a good place for like a meditation room as well. That's what we do. Yeah. That we sort of do that there. Yeah. So I'd put Buddha in there. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Some other really quick tips. If you have candles, make sure you have lit them. So don't go buy a candle at Pottery Barn and just let it sit there with an unlit wick. Um, light it as if it's being used because it won't invoke fire unless it has been used. Ooh, that's a good one. And such a good yeah. one for this time of year. I feel like when we've probably been given candles for Christmas and then we just yeah. sort of let them yeah. sit. So if they're stored away, like leave them be until you're ready to use them. But um, it's it's really amazing how many homes I will walk into and um, and there'll be like unlit candles everywhere. Mm. So, um, All right. and if we um, have one quick, if we have like three minutes for a quick story, I can tell you like the impact of feng shui. Yes, please. Okay. So, and this is all related to love. So um, I have a client in Brunswick and um, she was going through a divorce and it had been a very long process. And she, um, this was her first time buying a home. So that is the space that I'm entering as her home. Prior to that, she had been in an apartment that was a transition space. And when she got into that apartment, she went shopping and she purchased some artwork. And I walked into her love and relationships corner of her upstairs, which was her yoga room, meditation room, guest room. Mm -hmm. And I walk in and, and this actually is um, on my blog. So you can actually go to my blog on my website and see the picture I'm talking about. So I walk in and straight ahead of me is a picture. She loves the ocean, um, picture of the ocean. Um, from the perspective of standing on a porch and there was a rocking chair with an American flag draped over it and a hat hanging on the back of like the spindle of the rocking chair. And so I said to her, I said, oh, you know what, tell me about this painting. And um, she's like, oh, you know, I just stuck it in here. I don't love it. It's just, it was like one of the first pieces of art I bought. Um, and I, I, I think she like bought it at Home Goods or, you know, Target or something. She's like, and, and I just felt like so free and that I can actually control my own space now. I'm like, okay, so that makes sense. There's an American flag in there representing freedom. So I get that. And I said, so, you know, you had mentioned that you would love a partner, like a friend to hang out with, pal around with, um, and not necessarily romantically, but that would be okay too. And she's like, yeah. And I said, well, then we need to, like, this picture is the first thing that's going. And if you feel like you can't get it donated, then I will take it with me because this is a single rocking chair with a single hat in your love and relationships corner. She's like, no, no, I'll, I'll do it. I, I promise. I'll, it's, and I said, it's the very first thing. Like, when I leave, you're taking that picture down if we don't do it now. And she's like, no, I got it. So, um, there is a, a time period, like a three month time period 
after I show up in your home and, and then we debrief um, and go over your report that we get on the phone again. And so three months or so passes and I get on the phone with her. I'm like, okay, so tell me what shifted. And she said about three weeks later, I started dating. Oh my gosh. And I was like, what? And she said, yeah. I took the picture down. It took me a little bit to get it out of the house, but as soon, like really close after that, I met the guy. And then eventually a couple weeks later, we decided to be exclusive. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't, you know, she had no intention of, um, you know, she, she met him through somebody else. So it wasn't like she was out fully searching or anything. Um, and they're still together. And that was a couple years ago. So so cool. Yeah. So it's powerful. It All is. Right. So check your artwork out. I'm excited. I hope that you guys share your pictures with us. We'll look at yes. them. Um, there'll be a post about this on Instagram so everybody can come tell us what you've done. Yeah. Um, cool. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank so exciting. You. Yeah. So good to see you. Good to see you. All right, y'all, time for the doable changes from this episode. So the idea behind a doable change is that you choose one thing each week, maybe each Friday, each Sunday for the following week. You really commit to it. You put things in your calendar that will give you time to do it. You try different times so you can see what will really work in your life. And you make this thing work. You have fun with it. It could be that you're drinking more water, that you're starting a smoothie habit, or in this case, you're going to be getting your house in order. So in every episode, we choose three possible doable changes that you could move with in the week to come. And the idea though, is that you just pick one because when we start picking too many at a time, we end up in overwhelm. So just try one at a time. If more than one resonates, write it down and try it out next week. All right. Three from this episode. Number one, change the energy in one space. So don't take on your whole house. This sort of goes with the doable change thing. Just change the energy in one space. So pick a drawer or a cabinet or a closet that has stale energy, meaning it's filled with stuff that you never use. Go through that space and see what you have. Look and understand what it is that you use whether it means something to you. And if you'll ever use it in the future, really tune into that and move out things that don't fit in those criteria. Just clear them out. So you're focusing on one space and you're clearing the clutter. Okay, number two, change up your bedroom. I love this one. And in full disclosure, this is the one I'm working on this week. Sarah gives a lot of specific advice about setting up our bedrooms for good feng shui. Think about balance. Nightstands that look balanced, they take up the same amount of space. Pillows or anything else in even numbers, even though some of us have been taught that odd numbers look better. In this case, even numbers work better. Choose photos or images that you love and are about you and your partner and remove pictures of kids or other people in your bedroom. We're still talking about bedroom here. Move any mirrors out of your bedroom. That one was super interesting to me. And have the door visible from your bed. So if all of this seems like too much at once, pick a few of those things, but really with that lens that your bedroom is a space that fully re 
supports your relationship. And in the visual sense, a relationship is always in sort of even numbers and things that you and your spouse are drawn to. All right. Number three, light your candles. Lighting your candles invokes fire energy. So having a lot of unlit candles or candles that have never been lit is not good energy. So if you are a person who likes to decorate with candles, light them and enjoy them. And I think that Sarah mentioned that even if you don't light them every day, just even having burned the wick is really helpful in this. So maybe if this is your doable change for the week, you commit to moving around the different rooms in your house and spending time in that room with a lit candle. All right, you guys, I can't wait to see what you do. Make sure to come DM us on Instagram, join the conversation on Instagram, tell us what you've done, tag us in your photos so that we can see it. And I will see you guys on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.